Welcome to our back porch. Thank you so much for joining us and we want you to know what an encouragement your presence is to us uh, when you join us here. Uh, we are continuing in the book, The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. And today we will look at what he calls the second circle, which is praying hard. Um, if you have missed some episodes, you can always view the videos on um, our Magnolia's First Facebook page, or you can find us on podcast at Prayer from the Back Porch. Now, some people have told me they have trouble finding that, and I think it might be because prayer is singular, no S on it. So prayer singular from the back porch will take you right there. So we would love to have you join us there. And as a reminder, we, we always love praying for you. So if you want to submit your prayer request to us, you can do that in several ways. They're listed here on the screen, but if you're listening to our podcast, it's just at m1bc.org or on the m1bc app. We would also love to pray with you. If that is something that you think would benefit you or would help you, then please send us an email to freedomprayer@magnoliasfirst.org. So Cindy and I are called to a ministry called Freedom Prayer, and it is based on a biblical framework that gives the Holy Spirit room to address our fears and anxieties, our inner hurts and wounds, uh, to identify and break some of our strongholds, and then also to bring healing and freedom to the heart of our souls. So we live in a crazy sinful world and we all bear the scars of fighting that battle. And the search for wholeness compels every one of us, whether we realize it or not. It's what we long for, it's what we desire to be whole. We ache for it. Um, and so that's why we sit on this back porch and pray with you every day and, and have these sessions because we believe in the power of prayer. So the, the essence of freedom prayer is to facilitate the presence of Jesus into these specific places um, of damage that we again all have. And the goal is to allow the Holy Spirit to lead in that prayer time um, to identify and to address some of the things that get in the way of our deeper relationship with God and then to help us find healing in those things. So only our Creator God can bring that wholeness that we long for. Uh, we believe that the local church, the body of Christ, should be the place where we can help each other um, to find that inner healing and that wholeness. And we recognize that we are not counselors, we are prayer warriors. And Freedom Prayer does not take the place of counseling, but we want to come alongside it and add prayer um, to help with finding freedom in Christ. So again, if that is something that you feel like you would benefit from or would help you or that you need, send an email to that freedom prayer at magnoliasfirst.org and we will set up a time to pray with you for the healing um, and the wholeness that you're longing for. Mm -hmm. So bef before we begin our session today, let me pray. <sighs> Father, just as in the pressure on praying, just as in the session on praying through, sometimes we find ourselves not wanting to hear the hard things. Mm -hmm. Open our ears today to receive your truth and your promises. Revive our spirits to want to work at praying hard and following you in obedience as we wait on you. Amen. So if you remember, there is a story that Jesus told about a, a woman. He was illustrating the importance of persistence in prayer. And it is the story of the widow who went to the, um, went to the hard-hearted judge over and over and over again. She was seeking justice in a dispute. And she just kept coming back and coming back and coming back. So let's look at that scripture in Luke 18.4. It says, the judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, 
I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her consistent requests. While we don't know what injustice took place in that story, we do know that the persistent widow was desperate for an answer. So like Honey the Circle Maker, the persistent widow's methods were unorthodox and she could have, probably should have, simply waited for her court date. But what we see is that God doesn't seem to be concerned with protocol. If he were concerned with protocol, Jesus would have catered to the Pharisees. Instead, Jesus honored the woman who anointed his feet with precious oils. And the tax collector who climbed a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus was honored when Jesus went home with him and shared a meal with his family. And Jesus honored four friends who cut a hole in someone's roof to help get their sick friend to Jesus. And in this parable, Jesus honored the woman who drove a judge crazy because she would not stop knocking. And so the common denominator we see in all of these stories is a holy desperation. People took desperate measures to get to God, and God honored that. So how desperate are you today for a miracle or for an answer to prayer? Are you desperate enough to pray through the night? How many times are you willing to circle this promise or this prayer need? How long and how loud will you knock? And will you pray hard for the rest of your life? I had a friend who prayed for her husband's salvation and a prodigal son for most of her life. She died praying for her husband and her son, but I would tell you that those prayers were not wasted. They were never wasted. They fell heavy on the Lord's heart. And he, I'm confident, is still continuing to work in the lives of her husband and son. So desperation requires faith. Faith believing that God hears and God answers our prayers. So if you aren't desperate, you won't take desperate measures. And if you don't pray like it depends on God, then the biggest miracles and the best promises will always be just out of your prayer reach. So, would you pray with me? Oh, Father, we live in this fast-paced culture where instant is the key word. And we seem to want all things fast. We want all things convenient. But Lord, help us to come to understand that you rarely do instant and almost never convenient because you want us to know that it is in the waiting where you change us, you refine us, you make us new, you, you make us more like you. And you have shown us in your word that sometimes we have to pray hard in pursuit of answers to hard things. So help us to understand that the strength of our prayers has more to do with intensity than vocabulary. I pray, Lord, people would understand that 
they don't need the right words. They don't need the big words to come to you praying in hard ways. Lord, you want their heart. Thank you that you've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us. Thank you for your word. I love what David said in the Psalms that when, when things are hard, you are our hiding place. And he goes on to say that you surrounded him with protection. And then you surrounded him with songs of victory. And I just pray that we would claim the songs of victory today, Father. May we be changed because we know your word, because we believe that you hear our prayers and answer our prayers. And we thank you that you have made a way for us to come boldly into your throne room to pray bold and hard prayers. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do through our hard prayers. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So God isn't just for you in some passive sense. God is for you in the most active sense imaginable. The Holy Spirit is praying hard for you. And when we partner with him in prayer, we will see answers and even miracles. But remember, we only partner with him and his plans to further his kingdom. It's not about building our own kingdom or seeking some uh, selfish desire that's in us. So how do we learn to pray hard? Mark talks about in his book, some studies that were done um, to observe the, the persistence quotient of musicians, focusing on how many hours they practiced in order to master their instrument. And in the study, neurologist Daniel Levitin notes, the emerging pictures of these studies is that 10,000 hours of practice is required to achieve the level of mastery associated with being a world-class expert in anything. In study after study of composers, basketball players, fiction writers, ice skaters, concert pianists, chess players, and so on, that number comes up over and over again. No one has yet found a case in which true world-class expertise was accomplished in less time. It seems to take it seems that it takes the brain this long to assimilate all that it needs to know to achieve true mastery. So is prayer any different? It's a habit that has to be cultivated, it's a discipline that has to be developed, and it's a skill that has to be practiced. And while we don't want to reduce praying hard to the number of hours that we spend praying, if you want to achieve mastery, it's gonna take many, many, many hours. We can't just throw up a few prayers to heaven and then walk away expecting God to respond the way that we want. Because remember, the bigger the dream or the need, the harder we will have to pray. That's good. Several centuries before the drought that threatened to destroy Honi's generation, there was another drought in Israel in the days of Elijah the prophet. And so today we want to look at uh, 1 Kings 17 and see how God used Elijah in, in that time. Um, the f immediately in 1 Kings 17, what we see is that God called upon Elijah to go to King Ahab, who was described in scripture as the king who did what was evil in the Lord's sight even more than any of the other kings before him. So, that means King Ahab was at the top of the evil king's list. And Elijah was called to go and deliver a hard message to an evil king. That was a scary assignment. And Elijah did that. He obeyed. He went to King 
Ahab and he delivered the message that God was going to send a drought upon the land of Israel. And after delivering that message, God provided a hiding place for Elijah. He surrounded him with provision and care and he prepared him for even greater future assignments. And then we jump ahead to 1 Kings 18, and the first verse says, After a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, and he said, Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain to the land of Israel. Remember, evil king, who now hates Elijah even more because he blames him for the drought. He brought the message and he is most angry with Elijah. In fact, the famine had become so bad at its peak, uh, his wife Jezebel, who was equally wicked, had determined to kill all of the prophets of the Lord in the land of Israel. And if you go back and read that chapter in, in chapter 18, you'll find that the Lord provided provision and protection for them. But for us today, we see that Elijah now has a second scary assignment. For three long years, there was no rain in Israel. Then the Lord promised Elijah that he would send rain. But like many of our promises, uh, there's something connected to that. Elijah still had to circle it with obedience and persistent prayer. He was given the promise, but he still had to circle it with obedience and persistent prayer. So before it would rain, Elijah was called to face Ahab, and he challenged Ahab to call upon all of the people and to meet him and gather them all on Mount Carmel. And so Ahab accepted his challenge, and he gathered all of his people, along with 450 prophets of Baal, on, on Mount Carmel. And so Elijah called them to an altar showdown. Uh, the prophets of Baal and Elijah would both build an altar and place a sacrifice on it. And then they would cry out to their God, asking their God to rain down fire on their sacrifice. And if you know this story, you know how it ends. The prophets of Baal could not awaken their God. There was nothing they, they worked for hours calling upon their God, Baal. And then Elijah stepped to his altar and he prayed the most powerful prayer. And instantly fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice, the wood on the altar, and even the water that had been placed in trenches around the altar. And in verse 39, it says, when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried, the Lord is God. I pray that for our world today. I pray that for our world. But then you go on a couple of verses down and Elijah shifts gears and he looks at King Ahab and he says, you go get something to eat and drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now, there are things we need to learn from Elijah here. I love it that God, Elijah 
received that promise. God told him he would send rain, but first he had to complete those hard tasks before the promise could be fulfilled. And so I love that Elijah proclaims to King Ahab with no evidence in the sky that there is a mighty rainstorm coming. He proclaimed the promise as truth. There was no rainstorm coming at that moment, but Elijah had the faith to believe that it was on its way. So this is what we need to hear from Elijah. Just like Elijah, we need to receive the promise when God gives it to us. I have seen so many people, including myself, reject the promise. That's not, I'm sure that's not for me. I don't deserve the promise. I can't. We all have excuses. Receive the promise and then circle the promise. I'm sure that Elijah, for those three long years during a drought and a famine, was circling the promise. And then do whatever God calls you to do in the waiting. Now, we have seen that Elijah was called to some hard task, and we might be called to hard task, but do what God tells you to do. Be obedient. And then believe the promise. Declare the rainstorm coming. Believe it. And then, of course, what we're, what we're about to see is then we have to pray hard. So picking up in verse 42 of 1 Kings 18, it says, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go to go out and look. And finally, on the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. So what do you see in Elijah's story that led to the answer to his prayer for rain? We see persistence, we see faith, and we see hard praying. Augustine said, without God, we cannot, and without us, he will not. Similarly, a few weeks ago, we concluded our session with this quote from the circle maker. God has determined that certain expressions of his power will only be exercised in response to prayer. So Elijah's story in 1 Kings 18 is a perfect example of that. It began when when God announced he was going to send rain. But before that would happen, God wanted his people to see for themselves that he was the one true God. And then God used the courage of his prophet Elijah to speak truth to Ahab and to all the people of Israel. God was going to come through on his promise of rain, but he insisted on involving Elijah's hard and persistent prayers to, to complete his plan. So this is when most of us give up. When it gets long or it gets hard, we stop praying because we can't see any tangible evidence or tangible difference with our natural eyes. And we allow our circumstances to get between God and us instead of putting God between us and our circumstances. Good. So like Honey said, I will not move from this circle until it rains. Elijah stood his holy ground. He stood on the promise God had given him. I think he would have prayed 10,000 times if that's what it took. But thankfully, after the seventh circle, As Tanya just read, his servant strained his eyes and saw that tiny cloud the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. 
you might remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about what Mark calls in his book the counterfactual theory. It's hard to say. The what ifs. And so we can't help but ask the counterfactual question. What if Elijah had quit praying after the sixth circle of prayer? Well, just as we saw with the children of Israel circling Jericho, the obvious answer is that he would have defaulted on the promise and forfeited the miracle. Elijah prayed hard and long, and God came through. We don't really know how long Elijah was on the mountain praying, but we know how it ends, and God came through. The sky turned black, and there were heavy winds blowing across the barren land, and raindrops fell for the first time in three years, and it wasn't a light drizzle. You know what it was. It was a mighty rainstorm, just as Elijah had declared. So here we get personal. It's easy to give up on dreams, and it's easy to give up on much-needed answers to prayer. And sometimes we give up on the promises. We lose heart, we lose patience, and we can even lose faith. And like a slow leak, sometimes we don't even know that's happening until suddenly our prayer life is flat. It just sneaks up on us. So as we close today, these are your challenge questions. And I will tell you that just preparing this session has challenged me hard. Just sharing these questions with you again today will be equally as convicting to me as I pray they are to you. So the first question is, are there important things in your life that you began to circle in prayer but now you realize that you've simply stopped praying for them? Do you ever feel like God put you on hold so you just hung up? And I can answer these questions for myself and say yes and yes. There are hard things in my life that I have circled and, and I am convicted now that I simply have stopped praying hard for those things. I will tell you that I have never given up. I have never lost faith. I have always believed that God could answer those prayers. But I lost the will to do the hard praying, the Elijah face down to the ground kind of praying that we see today. That's what's required for hard things. Or maybe you've given up because you feel like you're a failure when it comes to praying because you don't see answers or you don't see instant Prayer's not in your timing. Prayer is a no-lose proposition. You, you can't be a failure. What we know is that there will always be answers. They might not come when we want them. They might not be the answers we want. But God promises in his word to respond to our prayers that are offered from a right place in relationship with him that we're standing in that right place where we've confessed sin, we have, we have opened up ourselves to him, and we have offered prayers that uh, we are praying in his will and not our own. So remember that Elijah spent three long years hiding and waiting during a drought and a famine. 
but God didn't forget. God had a timing and God had a purpose for his people. This is even bigger. He knew when their hearts would be ready to accept him as the one true God. He knew when they would be ready to repent of their sins and he knew when they would be ready to step back into a relationship with him. So don't give up. Don't let the enemy call you a failure. We must pray hard and trust that God knows. Trust that. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father, we pray that for ourselves. We pray that for our families, our churches, and our nation. It seems that we have been through a famine of sorts. And, oh, Lord, I pray that hearts are being prepared to return to you. Just as we saw the people on Mount Carmel fall on their faces and proclaim you as the one true God, I pray that for our nation that people will return to you, that they will acknowledge you as the one true God, that they will acknowledge your word as the only truth. I pray that we will fall on our faces, faces and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so today we pray Second Chronicles 7.14 over our nation today, that if your people who are called by your name will humble ourselves and we will pray and we will seek your face. Then you tell us, you promise us, you will hear from heaven. You will forgive our sins and you will heal and restore our land. May that be so. We pray that, Father, in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So keep praying. Don't get discouraged. Pray hard. We pray you have a blessed week.